A global pandemic forced us to close the labs and pause experiments. But for our lab, science has always been about building community. So today, we're chatting with fellow researchers about their experiences in lockdown. I'm Andrew Pelling, and you're listening to Quarantimes. Dear fellow pandemicists, you're listening to the show where I get to make up my own words so that puns fit right into the themes of this weird time we're living in. But it's fine though, right? Whatever keeps us sane. Today we'll be getting insight on how Ziba Jabber Ansari, our lovely lab manager, is coping with quarantine. Hi Ziba, how has your experience been with the lab so far? Hello everyone, um, thank you Nikki for having me. I joined the Pelling Lab last summer and one part of my job is managing the operation of the lab and uh, supervise the daily uh, routine works of the lab and I make sure uh, our lab facility, equipments, all the devices and machines are uh, properly working. Another part of my job is to uh, support uh, and help our graduate and undergraduate students. You're really a blessing since you maintain the lab and also have helped me so much with my project for making aliquots to making sure my experiments run smoothly. And I know you have your own project going on right now. How is the plant cell line coming? Yes, it's uh, actually because we just uh, established this line and these are plant cell lines that we have from tobacco seeds and it uh, took uh, almost seven months for me to grow them and because it's the first time that we preparing uh, this line and it was uh, very new for our lab and especially for me it was the new uh, uh, subject and uh, it was lots of protocol searching optimizing i had to look into the different um, the literatures and i had to learn the new techniques so when we uh, just uh, established our line and we were trying to troubleshoot our um, media and it, it just happened the, the quarantine time and the, this covid 19 situation started and uh, you know the plant cells are not like mammalian cells they are not easily freezed and we cannot easily recover them i know that you've moved part of this project to andrew's house in his mad scientist home lab but you're also going into the university to maintain this plant line and because of quarantine what has changed in the university that has made this research harder for you for example, I used to drop our media uh, at autoclave center a day before the day that I want to make plates or uh, a day after morning I pick them up or at noon I pick them up. But these days when the university is shut down and the autoclave facility were just running uh, once or two times uh, per week or just uh, it's not uh, as often as uh, before. So that actually make our job uh, harder so we had to uh, actually when andrew told me uh, let's plan uh, to um, rescue ourselves and uh, divide some of the uh, cells between my home lab and between the main lab so i had to uh, work a lot and make lots of media and lots of the uh, i have to make sure we have lots of consumables and all the materials in the lab so i was lucky that just one week before 
I made some uh, orders and uh, I was listening the news and I knew about the outbreak around the world. So I was a bit uh, concerned. So I, I made some orders for the lab. But unfortunately, after this situation starts, the delivery is postponed. And yeah, so how we try to make everything uh, ready and <laughs> rescue things during this time. Well, you guys have done a really good job saving this plant cell line, and I'm happy they haven't died yet. But do you think that there's any positives that have come out of this situation so far? I think actually this time was good opportunity for our plant project. And it gave me more time and I could be uh, more focused on the detail of this project. And um, it's very good. And how's it working with Andrew now that he has to be back on the bench? Yes, it's uh, actually, it's very interesting also for me. You know, Andrew, he's a PI uh, in, in the lab, but he's very, very good scientist also for the bench work. So whenever we talk about any technique or we talk about, uh, okay, how did you, for example, weight the cells or when he even used his old microscope at home and he take image very nice and everything is very crisp. I love that Andrew just has his own fluorescent microscope laying around at home. <laughs> do you have to do any microscopy now as well? For example, we have the confocal microscopy and so for um, checking the viability of the cells and checking them under the microscope, uh, I have to use the confocal. So I, I do that part in the lab. And how does that compare to Andrew's home scope? Uh, I mean, he gets very good image, but it's not uh, like the uh, the image that we take with the confocal. So that's why to uh, run this uh, project and to make sure the viability of our cells or trying this kit, I had to uh, try the confocal uh, imaging. Is there anything you guys had to do that is unconventional to make sure the experiment survives? He used uh, the equipments that you even don't think, yeah, but uh, and that's <laughs> that makes him uh, PI, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, so I was telling him that we have problem with the autoclave center and it's very hard to um, prepare the media or work like before. And so he told me that he tried actually uh, an instant spot to autoclave and to sterilize the, the media and the flask or the vessels. So I bought those for the lab and uh, now it makes my life very easier and everything faster. I love it. It's like you guys could be molecular gastronomists. Sounds like a good hobby for both of you. No, I think it's very cool. And it's actually what the, a good scientist, someone who is really into science, who has to have this, you know, it's part of our creativity. It's part of thinking outside of the box. I mean, you always have to think, okay, what can be the alternative for this method? Or what can be the faster or more efficient way? You know, for example, during these days, I learned how to prepare my materials um, faster or I looked for uh, some protocols to help me use less um, chemicals for example and uh, I think it's cool and um, that makes someone a thinker someone who is uh, creative you know it's like making a recipe or just a copying a recipe when you're a chef you create uh, your own recipes 
you know what to add and what kind of a spice you can use instead of the other spices. But if you just just learning in the first steps, you just copy someone's recipe. That's exactly what it is, you know. It's the difference between being a cook and a chef, where the cook can make amazing foods if they follow the recipes correctly, but on the other end of the spectrum, a chef has no starting point. Whatever they make in the end, whether it's delicious or not, it's a result from their own reasoning process. So I expect you and Andrew to be amazing chefs. Have you been cooking at all as of recently? Yes, I cook uh, almost every day these days. I used to cook uh, two, three days per week before this situation. But these days I eat more fresh food. So I cook every day. I, um, I create some recipes. I'm not uh, sticking to the old uh, Persian recipes or the, the mom's uh, recipes. I remember when you made Persian food for the entire lab during holiday season and it was such a hit. But... You were telling me earlier on in quarantine that work made you a bit anxious because of the isolation. Has the cooking helped with your anxiety at all? Yes, actually, I think um, I said to myself it can be the normal situation or normal, uh, just a regular day uh, for a couple of months. So now I I'm, I adopt myself and now I'm more comfortable and I, I think actually... Uh, I'm very productive when I go to the lab because we cannot spend um, a lot of time or many days in the lab like before. I know your sister is a scientist as well and she lives in Iran. So how has the situation and her work evolved there? My sister, she's also a geologist. So she has to work and uh, they first uh, they start rotations in the lab just like once per week or two times per week but nowadays they work like uh, four days per week and uh, my nephew he's a physician and told his parents that he can be the carrier so his parents that they are also uh, old um, they they stay at their um, uh, summer house out of the, outside of Tehran but uh, it's it's hard for example my dad he's like more than uh, one month, more than uh, almost 45 days that he haven't been outside of the home. But he's doing uh, gardening and he reads uh, books. For them, um, they were the first people who told me you should be very heads up and careful about the um, coronavirus. But when I, we were expecting there is an outbreak here, it was outbreak in Iran. I'm so happy your family is safe. I'm assuming self-isolation like we have right now isn't happening there anymore. You know, people don't want themselves, uh, but I mean, some people, they have to because, you know, it's not like the government support is not like here. Uh, some people who have their own business, they or they can afford to stay home for one more month, uh, they do, but almost, um, it's almost three months, even from... Um, it's a start at same uh, same time as Italy, so we are in the third month of this situation in Iran. You know, as much as the situation is scary for a lot of people, I almost feel grateful that our quarantine hasn't lifted because we don't know what's to come. Yes, yes, I totally understand this because I uh, I see my family in Iran and I have also some friends in Italy, my former uh, boss, he's in Italy, uh, in Bergamo. So 
I know how's the situation for them and um, yeah we we are very uh, lucky and I'm so happy and grateful that we are in Canada yeah it's sad that sometimes we don't know how good we have it until we're faced with a situation like this but I hope after this a lot of us will continue to appreciate what we have I know you're close to your dad has he gotten you through this time yes it's good I'm always talking with him like uh, every other day at least and uh, he was he's asking me that okay what you're doing and um, do some gardening or uh, uh, he tells me the, uh, he tells me good <laughs> he gives me good tips to how to cope with this situation <laughs> yeah i'm sure he's wise in helping you to cope so what hobby have you chosen after all his advice uh, when i was doing my uh, phd in germany i um, i used to paint a lot yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's help, it, it really helps when you're um, when you're very busy in the mind but with your work and with your project but you need to do something fun as well you know some sometimes you need to I say play with the paint play with the colors to just express your feelings so it's really mm-hmm. good yeah that makes me so um, optimistic and keep going and yeah I totally agree I think it's important for everyone to be expressing their feelings right now in some shape or form we need to keep that optimism high thank you for being an amazing guest Eva no problem thank you so much for having me and it was a um, pleasure for me also to have uh, this chance to talk with you and share my uh, days and uh, my experience of this COVID-19 situation. Thank you, great citizens of the multiverse for listening to Quarantimes. Stay optimistic, don't bottle up those emotions, and do things that make you happy. I'm Nikki McGilliver, and catch you next time.